0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hello and welcome to Tuesday night's Clyde One at Super Scoreboard. It is me, Stephen Mill, in for Gordon Duncan. Tonight's main focus, obviously, will be Scotland's final group Euro 2020 qualifier against Kazakhstan at Hampden. We'll get to the National Stadium in just a wee second. We'll also cast our eyes on our possible playoff opponents in March. The draw for that is this coming Friday. We could have a wee chat about who might be replacing Craig Levine in the Hearts hot seat as well. Whether a loss in the League Cup final for Rangers might derail the title challenge as well. Some chat about that today. And if Johnny Hayes is worth a new contract at Celtic as well as ever we want to hear from you 0141 951 1025 is the number and at Clyde SSB on Twitter it is Roger Hanna and Gordon DL in the studio with me and also at the National Stadium we have Alison Conroy I'm sure you've got your wee portable here tonight Alison it's a cold I one do. isn't it Yes, it's absolutely freezing. You know it's cold when they've actually gritted the gantry yeah. here at Hampden. So absolutely freezing. I do have a heater, but I'm not switching on yet. Don't want to peak too soon. Yeah. Um, remember tonight, it's all about that momentum word, building momentum for Scotland against Kazakhstan ahead of that Euro 2020 playoff semi-final. They can, of course, make three wins in a row tonight to finish third in Group I. And although Steve Clark says it's not about revenge, there will be a little bit of that looking for that obviously after that 3-0 defeat to Kazakhstan back in March at the beginning of this campaign which probably derailed it from the very beginning kick-off here at a very very cold Hamden is 7.45 I'll bring you the team as soon as I get it Stephen Yeah we'll come back to you uh, when you have the team any idea about what the crowd might be tonight Alison you heard any whispers about how big it might be or small? I haven't but if you give me two seconds there is a man right behind me that's going to know the answer All right. Okay. so if you give me two seconds I'm going to, I'm going to shout on him two seconds Right, okay, go for it. Go, shout. Live on here. I, I, I thought Alison was going to say, if you give me two seconds, I'll count them. How, how does it get, <laughs> the guy know? Can you not walk up and pay to There you go. Are you ready? Go about right, go 20, for it. About 20,000. 20,000? Oh, yeah. that's, uh, that's, that's what they're saying. They're thinking similar to San Marino, but there you go. Straight. You, told, you ask a question, I give you the answer. 21,472, you'd been told that, hadn't you? I had that written down <laughs> just in case it was a full time yeah. teaser. Let me just say, I've got to say, uh, well done to the Scotland fan. I'm devastated we were going to do the programme mm-hmm. there tonight, unfortunately, with Gordon and everything. And Roger and I are completely devastated being in the hot studio, listening <laughs> to Alison there, choking up the atmosphere. Um, uh, you're gutted. But yeah. I, was, I was actually on a flight today, and this is true, there was two or three Scottish guys who'd just come back from Cyprus and making their way straight to Hamden. How is that that's, for loyalty? I actually, I actually wonder if we can get out here just get before there quickly. 8 o'clock. Buzz over quick. By the start of the second half, we can be in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Alison, thank you very much. We'll come back thank to you very you. soon, pal, with the teams. Uh, hang on there. Put your heater on. It sounds like a cold one out there. So, yeah, it is the main focus tonight. Roger Hanna is a dead rubber. All eyes are on the... Uh, playoffs this coming March. Um, what can we get out tonight? What's the apart well, from just getting over and done with? Listen, there's no such thing as a dead rubber when it comes to Scotland games. Twenty thousand people will tell you that at Hamden today. Back to back wins. It is only San Marino and Cyprus. And when it's three wins in a trot, we'll say it was just San Marino and Cyprus in Kazakhstan. But there's a little bit of momentum getting built. I actually, you know, I read a lot of the reports for the game at the weekend and. You know, it was just a win in Cyprus, but it was a decent performance. It was better 
towards the end of the campaign that it had been that horrible start in Kazakhstan back in March, as Alison said. And if we've got a home game in March against an Israel or Bulgaria or a Romania, if we can get this bit of momentum, why can't we get all the way to a playoff final? Gordon DL, what are you thinking? No, I'm not going with that. No. Uh, no, I think it's a nothing game apart from, um, you know, guys that, like Ryan Jack, I, I hope he gets another game tonight. Uh, you know, you'll get Taylor in at left back. We're missing all our big hitters. This is nothing to do. Our biggest game now is in March. And we cannot prepare for March with the squad that we've got because guaranteed all the big hitters will be back in in March. So apart from tonight, 20,000 people and well done to them and maybe more going along to support the country. I think it's all about hopefully getting a result to finish third in the in, in the table. But I like to see guys getting not just one game, get them in there, give them an opportunity, give them a chance to shine, give them a chance to put a bit of pressure on a the manager but take that out the equation it's certainly not one that's exciting you, you say big hitters though other than the captain Andy Robertson who's guaranteed to come back in if he's fit of the guys missing this time I think who, who's going to come back I think Tierney will be back where in do it. you play him well that's that's not my job uh, Roger my job's in here trying to guide you uh, in the right direction <laughs> Um, that's up to Stevie Clark. It's a it's a great point, and I'll tell you what it does open a great, um, you know, argument or debate, shall we say, between the Scottish fans? Because let's face it, Robertson's the number one left back. Well, you're a big but fan. Tierney, of Mc, you're a big fan of McTominay. Yeah. Who does McTominay oust to get back in the team? Well, I've, I don't think Ryan Jack will be a starter. Um, I, I'm delighted he's given his opportunity. Um, I wasn't too excited like you over the Cyprus game. Um, I didn't, I didn't feel excitement. I didn't feel the love. Um, but it's all about getting the results. And tonight's the same. And I'm, I'm I hope Ryan Jack is another one. But for me, McTominay comes right into the team. I think he's one of our best midfield players. McGinn's a certainty as well. McGregor will probably come in there. So if everyone's fit, Roger then I certainly see that being the nucleus of the midfield. Again, Shankland is out. He uh, picked up a wee niggly injury. He obviously didn't play in the Cyprus game. And Eamon Brophy has come in, I thought, as a Scotland fan and witnessed Eamon Brophy playing for Scotland. That was going to be his one and only cap, but he's back in the squad. Does that just sort of tell you the lack of options we have yeah, yeah, going yeah. forward? Unfortunately, I've got a hip injury uh, <laughs> and my boots don't fit me now. Um like I don't. I'm not being disrespectful. Any guy that goes and wins a cap for his country, congratulations to him. It's a great honour for him. Uh, is he the one to lead us forward? In my opinion, no. But the manager's worked with him at club level. Knows his strengths. Knows his weaknesses. Knows everything about the the boy. Yeah, we're we're short in that department. See, so that's the reason why he's in. Uh, I don't think he'll start tonight. I'll be interested to see who starts. Naismith again. Yeah, well, he's not had a lot of game time, Roger. Um, so I think it's an opportunity to give get him another, you know, seventy minutes under his belt, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I say, I would love to see Ryan Jack again, Taylor again. Um, you know, does Gallagher get another? Dylan Gallagher get another opportunity at centre back? That's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't like 
The fact that you just throw these guys in for one game And then they're back out This is an opportunity to say Look, you're going to get the two games There you yeah. go, show me what you can I, do I'd pick the same team If they're fit yeah. If there's no niggles about Naismith or anyone else I'd just pick the same team Steve Clark did say in his press conference yesterday That there was no injury concerns ahead of tonight uh, Let's go to the lines then And speak to our first caller of the night It's William and Craig End. You're on Clyde 1 Super Scoreboard What would you like to say to the panel, William? Hello, how you doing guys? You okay? Hi William, Hi, William. Uh, it's just to talk about Scotland. I think uh, I've got a wee bugbear with, with Scotland. Uh, you know, you, you see players playing out of positions like uh, like Forrest the other night and probably like uh, Christie the other night as well. Playing Forrest on the left-hand side to me doesn't really suit him. It took something away from his game. I think when you talk about McBurney and whoever would go off front, I think McBurney needs somebody alongside him for me. And uh, see when you're talking about Robertson Tierney, that, that should have been sorted out for me, you know. And it's it's no been it's no been because Tierney's no been available. Uh, nobody ever talks about uh, Robertson playing at right back and Tierney coming in at left back. So I hate and the wee point about Steve Clark. William, I can like I that. stop? Can I stop you there for before you go on? Right, you've just come on with a comment saying about Forrest playing in the different wing. And it doesn't suit him Right And then you've been on to say Well Nobody's speaking about Robert Robertson is one of the best Left backs in the world just now So you don't swap him You keep him where he is You've got to uh, Square pegs and round holes Don't work for me I, I, I Where do you come on with your point Yeah I totally agree I think Forrest Effective off the right hand side um, uh, Robertson Got to play left back for me You've got to fit your best players in their strongest positions You can't now say Well hold on a minute I do believe that Tierney's got to get in the team somewhere Where it's at left centre back Where I'd be quite happy to play him I don't think he can play in one one in front I'm not too sure about the right back position But I think you've got to get your best players In their best positions And then if you have to move one or two Fine Don't move your do you, best players Do you not think that was just a tactical thing on Saturday Forest? A predominantly right-footed player on the left Christie A predominantly left-footed player on the right mm. So the two of them could come in on their better foot Their stronger foot You saw it with Christie's goal in the first half I agree it wasn't Forrest's best performance But I think that was done tactically for You know, as a one-off I don't think Steve Clark sees James Forrest going forward as a left-winger No, I agree, Roger But what I'm saying is Tonight you could play Listen, I don't care where anybody plays tonight as I say to you, I'm not getting excited about tonight's game. I'm sorry, I'm honest about it. It's I'm I'm delighted I'm in the studio rather than sitting at Hamden freezing. And I wish everybody all the best in that one. But when it comes to March, when it comes to March, I think you have got to get your strongest players in their best positions. That is that is your game now. March is what it's all about. Tonight has got along. Hopefully the fans will enjoy it, it'll be entertainment, they'll get a few goals, they'll see some good performances, get another uh, victory under our belt, but March is what, uh, what it's all about now. William, uh, where would you play Kieran Tierney then and Andy Robertson? How would you solve that conundrum? Well, see, Gordon's, I mean, Gordon Stang used to put players, used to just get his best 11 on the park, you know, so, and it didn't really matter where they played, where they played them, but it does take, definitely, I mean, the difference is, the difference, William, is all the best players used to turn up for Gordon's tracking. Hi, you're probably right. You're probably right, Roger. But I just think, I just think you can't. If Palmer's going to be a right back, then let him be a right back. You know, I, I kind of agree with what Gordon's saying. 
you've got to pay players in the position that they're playing for their club. You can't really play them out of position. I think Steve Clark's probably been a wee bit hamstrung by the, by the call-offs, and that's why maybe Forrest has played on the left-hand side, you know. But I just think, see, if when you look at Clark, I think with the players that he's got available, uh, they're much better than what he had at Kilmarnock. And he should be expecting more out of these players that no just no just make Scotland hard to beat. It should be what we should be looking for is looking because he's got a lot of good forward thinking players on the park, and it's just the balance between the midfield and the the striking department that he needs to balance out. You know, I just think I just think Gordon's right. I do agree with him, but I just think when you when you're talking about people playing out of positions then I think Robertson could probably play it right back just as much as uh, Tierney could. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens come March. William, thanks very much for your call tonight. Let's go uh, to another line and speak to Craig from Kilmarnock. Uh, you've got a point to make about who's starting up front tonight. Craig, what do you think? All right, boys. Uh, I just think the point is Stephen Naismith, he's, he's not been fit and played for his club for maybe two or three months now with injury. Um, he's all of a sudden fit. And then on Saturday, he gets flung in up front now, he's not been playing as a striker, and you've got Lauren Shanklin, who's one of the top goal scorers in Scotland, on the bench, and you have a £20 million Premiership striker and all of them at Burnley on the bench who don't get a look in because of that. I personally wouldn't start Stephen Naismith up front because, one, he's not a striker anymore, uh, and two, we've got, unfortunately tonight, we don't have Shanklin, but in my eyes, I would play all of them at Burnley and give him a chance. Hey, I have to disagree. Craig, if you, the previous caller William mentioned the Gordon Strachan regime, one of the great things about the latter days of the Gordon Strachan regime was the way that Stephen Fletcher played that role up top. He pulled everything together, he held the ball up, he involved the wide men, he involved the midfielders, he involved other runners going past him. He was arguably the most important cog in that team under Gordon Strachan. I actually think Stephen Naismith, if he gets up and running again, could do that role in this team. I think Stephen Naismith, no disrespect to the other guys I'm going to mention, Stephen Naismith for me is a far better player than Lauren Shankland. Stephen Naismith for me is still a better player than £20 million Oliver McBurney. Now they're at different stages of the career. That's why Sheffield United are paying £20 million for a young guy like Oliver McBurney. Naismith at 50 caps has been a Premier League striker. I remember Naismith scoring a hat-trick against Chelsea in the English Premier League. A complete striker and he can pull the whole thing together. He can involve the wide men, he can bring the midfield into it. And I just think for, for, for the system that Steve Clark is trying to play, I think Naismith is a better option than a Shankland or a Brophy or a Burke or even a McBurney up top. And I don't think when either McBurney or Burke came on on Saturday, they particularly enhanced their reputations. Yeah, I said uh, last Thursday about Burke. I, um, I think he's got to start producing. He doesn't produce for me. He's had... So many moves, so many clubs at a young age Can't hold down a regular first team spot In fact, if he didn't have pace He'd probably be a, a, a taxi driver um, To be quite honest with you um, And he needs to start using that pace And, and, and you know, it, it's okay saying The lad's made so much money And he's an international But we keep going with guys like uh, Burke But he doesn't produce for me. He's he's not good enough for me at this level. Um, I look at what Roger's saying there. Great point, the fact of Naismith. He's played that position. He knows how to play. He scored goals there. Yes, he plays a little bit deeper. But right now, when you look at Shanklin, who's 
played in the Championship in Scotland. Um, you've got McBurney that I don't think the Scotland fans basically rate, but Sheffield United obviously do because they paid twenty million for him. You can argue the fact that he scored a f- what twenty odd goals in the Championship, but I think if you're looking at your best team than now, how you're going to get to the front players to bring your most dangerous players and your Forrest, your Christie's and all that, I think Naismith's the most cleverest. Craig, would you like to come back in on that? I just, I mean, I understand what you're saying, but I mean, how do these guys like McBurnley get a chance when, when we don't, we shoot them down in flames when they play one or two games? Now I understand he's, he's not, he's not obviously shone the limelight on himself when he's, he's pulled the Scotland top on, but he needs to grow in confidence and he needs to get used to playing with the, the players around him and the Scotland squad. Now, Naismith, if you're, you're saying he can involve the lead players, which he can well, but then why can we not drop him in behind the striker then? And then he can orchestrate it in behind the striker as a number 10. Because that's and where then, Christie plays. And I think Christie's the best in the country at it. I think that's Christie's best position in there. I think he's so clever. He runs... Uh, his positions he takes up and you and you witnessed it the other night there with his goal uh, he gets into this position goes on his left foot and he just curls one into the top corner I think that if Christie wasn't there I would pop an argument for you Craig and say yeah you could look at Naismith being clever enough experienced enough there to play in behind a striker but I think Ryan Christie all day long has got to play that position. Thank you very much for your call, Craig. We'll need to move on. We'll be getting the team news in the next sort of 20 minutes or so. Alison Conroy is at Hamden Park for us tonight in the freezing cold. We'll get the team news to you next and we'll also get the latest on the roads with Amber. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Road Accident Solicitors. The compensation you deserve when you've been sidelined. Talk to Thompson's.com. Welcome back to Super Scoreboard. It is uh, Tuesday night and it's a big match. At Hamden, sort of. Alison Conroy is there and the teams are in. What's the latest, Alison? Yep, Steve Clark has announced he's starting 11 for this final group match against Kazakhstan, and it is the same starting 11 that started in Cyprus on Saturday. So it will be David Marshall in goal, back four of Liam Palmer, Declan Gallagher, Scott McKenna, and Greg Taylor. Then it'll be Ryan Christie, Callum McGregor, Ryan Jack, and James Forrest, with John McGinn behind the lone striker of Stephen Naismith. Yeah, so any surprises there, lads? No, I think Roger called it uh, earlier when he said that he would stick with the same team. I, I, I agree. Uh, two things. They got a result over there. Um, wasn't the greatest game in the world, I've got to say. But they got the result. That was important. And I do think that rather than just put guys in for one game, take them back out, change the, the team again, give them an Argo. They're at home now. They went over there. It's always difficult playing away. The pitch didn't look that particularly uh, good, I've, I've got to be honest. So they're at Hamden tonight. Playing surface will be very, very good indeed. Okay, the atmosphere will be a bit low uh, because of the, the size of the crowd. But it gives you an opportunity to say, well, I've got two games in a row. Rather than just get in there and then get put back out, sit on the bench, get another 15 minutes. I'm quite happy with that, I've got to say, because as I say... And I'm not being disrespectful. Everything's geared up for March. Tonight, I don't think it's got a bearing on in March. Apart from you could maybe say one or two players might just catch the eye of the manager again and put a wee bit doubt in his head for March. But apart from that, it's all about the Tartan Army going along, supporting the country and hoping they get a result. And this is probably the first time, Roger, that we've had a solid centre-half pairing in terms of two games in a row at least. That's been the positions that have been chopping and changing all the time, hasn't it? 
Yeah, there's been a lot of different players right through the campaign. You know, you, you look back to the Nations League campaign, Alisa John Souter was playing, Stuart Finlay's had a go, uh, Michael Devlin's been involved, he came on the last couple of minutes for, for Ryan Christie at the weekend as well. There's been loads of different chopping and changing. But now it's Gallagher and McKenna. I was reading David Proven in the paper at the weekend saying he quite likes it because it's two old-fashioned guys who want to defend first, you know, rather than ball-playing guys who are trying to dribble it out their own box. Just head it the way they're facing, kick it the way they're facing... And you know that that's good enough for him. So this could be the start of something. You talk about guys coming back, Daz, for the games in March. Not too sure we've got too many, you know, central defensive candidates who would definitely knock McKenna and Gallagher out of those places. Yeah, that's a big uh, question point. Uh, question, Roger. Uh, who is our best central defenders? Because if you're going to go through these games in March, you've got to be really tight at the back. You've got to trust your back four and your goalkeeper And they will play a four uh, I've got a funny feeling and, and as I said I don't like square pegs and round holes I think you've got to get your right players in the right positions I think if Tierney's fit And I think he's the only one in the, the team I would get every other player And play them in their positions That's the strongest team Play them in their positions Let Robertson at left back McTominay in where he is McGinn where he plays for Aston Villa Christie where he plays with Celtic McGregor if it's McGregor Forrest on the right if it's Forrest on the right I think your one big question mark will be Tierney and I think he could play him at left centre back yeah I think that might be a possibility we've got Justin on the line uh, he's joined us from Glasgow City Centre uh, what do you make of that starting line up Justin? Uh, good evening guys uh, Hi, I'm, not, I'm not that impressed I've got to be honest um, which sounds a bit disheartening and I, I can apologise for it to a degree but I've, I've been listening the last couple of nights about people debating about Scotland game and why people you know, are more interested in Celtic and Rangers and their club teams and the national teams and it, it just seems to be like history for about five, six years ago repeating itself again before striking and Walter Smith took over during the the gloom days of Bertie Volks and then Craig Levine and, and everything else. We seem to be back struggling to put a, an 11 on the park, you know, scrambling players together and then get back to days of, oh, he's, a, he's an English guy, but he's, he's granny Scottish, so we'll try and draft him in. We might try and get him into a team rather than actually during the days when you had Walter Smith and Strachan that people respected. You would never get call-offs for teams. You would never have, there would never have been a debate about Getting your best players into an eleven, it was quite the opposite. It was people clamouring, disappointed that they couldn't get into the team. But we're talking about a Scotland national team, and I obviously, your club teams are going to take precedence to a degree because there's more money involved, there's more TV involved, and there's a passion for the club. I think that the passion for a national team seems to be diminishing again because, no disrespect to Steve Clark, he's a good coach. His two positions is as managers. With Coman, look, all right, he's done well, but no, we're a big club. He was a coach at what was it West Brom. He'd done relatively well with him, but his majority of his career has been second fiddle to somebody with presence and somebody with, you know, an aspect about them. And he's been a good coach behind the scenes at that. I think that's what Scotland's missing is something that commands that respect. You know, I'm not saying a Walter Smith, but it's too old. But somebody like Smith or Strachan to actually get a bit of passion behind the national team again and getting people want to play. I mean, you've got people like, again, it's not just because I'm a Rangers fan, but you've got people like Alan McGregor, who's probably one of the best goalkeepers in Europe than now. All right, he's, he classes retired, but are you saying to me that if, if to get us into a playoff, 
you don't want your best goalkeeper in the country to be able to play. And if, if, if there was a call put into him to play, to get through to that, they wouldn't have come out of retirement to do that. You've got people like Scott Brown, you've got people with passion and leaders that we can't get anywhere near a team because we're scrambling to get a team together. It just doesn't... It's just, you wouldn't get that with any other national team like England or anybody else, but you know. That, that, I just want to know what the panel thinks. That's the choice of the players, Justin. You do get it with England. Jimmy Vardy's stopped playing for England. He's made himself unavailable to focus in his 30s on his club career and he's now leading scorer in the English Premier League. Alan McGregor will tell you that he has, I wouldn't say bad injury worries, of course he doesn't, but he, he wants to look after his body during these international breaks so he's 100% fit for Rangers. Now, if Alan McGregor played two games for Scotland and came back through one in for Rangers on the first Sunday after the international double header, you, you, you would be the first on the phone to this show to, to say he, he should chuck Scotland. Scott Brown has been quite open in saying he's chucked Scotland to try and extend his Celtic career and he's playing very well at the minute. So you can see why guys well into their 30s do this. Um, Tierney's not there this time through no fault of his own it's through the fault of his club who don't want him to be there so I, I know the point you're trying to make Steve Clark is a big personality um, Steve Clark is a tough operator um, and Steve Clark he, he certainly won't bring him back and bend the knee to anyone to say listen guys we're in a playoff now it's got a couple of big games you fancy a big game because you didn't fancy the little games he will stick with the guys who have stuck with him so far I wish everyone would make themselves available for Scotland. I think we'd have a mighty good team if everyone did make themselves available. But this is international football in 2019. The only thing I'd say, Roger, I think it's very unfair to judge Steve Clark just now. Everybody in the summer, when the job was available, his name came up. And everybody was quite happy for Steve Clark to go and take up the reins. So I think we've got to give him a bit of time, a bit of opportunity. He's not had his, his strongest squad to work with. Um, I think he, okay, comes under a lot of pressure in March because he's got to get results. Um, I don't know what you meant there, Roger, about he'll be sticking with players that stuck with him. I think that the guys like, you know, that Robertson's obviously will come back and McTominay will come back and Ryan Fraser will come back and Tierney will come back and all these boys. So no matter what, four or five of these guys have had terrific two games over the last two games there. They wouldn't be playing in March. Whether they they had call-offs or not, the big big hitters, as I call them, the guys that are guaranteed jersey will play. And I totally agree with that. And I know that it's easy for people to say, well, if they don't turn up and, you know, they don't make themselves available, then just forget. It's not, you've got to get results. No, We've got a chance to go to just, a, just a tournament Just was talking about the likes of McGregor and Brown coming back. Yeah, I think the guys yeah, who I, have, have, have said for some time they are retired, they won't be back. Yeah. The he, only, won't, he won't go and ask Yeah them. I totally agree And I don't think he should And I, I think he's doing The right thing there I can understand Everybody wants us to Get to a, a, a competition Major competition Of course they do But the only thing Tonight in the team uh, You look at that team And people are saying Well it might not excite me The only one change I would have made there tonight I think I would have given Fleck over the last two games An opportunity Stephen right mm -hmm. And you know I would have probably Left McGregor out Not because Of his ability Because When the big game comes in March If McGregor's fit McGregor starts So Let's make that clear Because he's He's a terrific talent The boy But he's played so So many games And I just think A wee rest Would have given him You know A, 
the benefit benefit of just saying right I can go and sit and relax I can still train with the squad still be a part of it and give say somebody like Fleck these two games like he's given uh, Ryan Jack an opportunity give Fleck a couple of games because McGregor has played and he will be a number one pick Fleck has been playing of course for uh, Sheffield United Justin are you basically saying that you know we should cut our losses with Steve Clark now and get somebody in who would in your opinion command respect to the dressing room a wee bit better then I, I just think we're clutching at straws a wee bit. I think we're running out of options for people to bring in, you know. I, I, that That's never going to be a good start. It just feels like getting back to the days of Craig Levine and stuff like that to actually somebody wait with that command. But I, I mean, I know I'm, I'm clutching at straws a wee bit by saying somebody like Sunnis and stuff like that, or Gleish, but somebody that has got that respect where Steve Clark next to him that can, can command that. You're not going to get call-offs for that. I mean... But we're uh, talking about Justin, Justin, stop. About. Do you think Graham Sooners is going to swap that hot no. Sky Sports <laughs> studio to be sitting in that dugout tonight in front of 20,000 people freezing and Alison's got the heater up the stairs? <laughs> that ain't happening. We, we need a heater update, Stephen. Is the heater now plugged in and operational? We do need to know. We will find that out definitely before 7 o'clock. Thank you very much for your call, Justin. I will squeeze another call in before the break as well. Ryan from Dunoon has given us a shout and you have a solution for the tyranny problem. What is it? How you doing, guys? Hey, uh, first of all, I just want to say, uh, get well soon to Gordon Duncan. Hope he gets back in the show soon. Absolutely. Oh, I'm not really missing him, Ryan. Let him stay off for a couple of more weeks because he'll be on the phone to me asking to drive him in his judo. <laughs> I ain't happening. I think that chauffeur's cap quite suits you, though. Oh, I know. He's been already texting, will you pick me up? Will you pick me up? Will you take me to the shop? Will you do this? You do that. I'm taking him flowers. I'm taking him chocolates. Looking after him. If things get any worse, we'll just do the show from Gordon's house and you and Mark Wilson can go round on Thursday. How about that? That sounds good. No, I'm not <laughs> having that. <laughs> right. Uh, Ryan, what's your point? Sure. Uh, just to want to cast your mind back to the 10th of June a couple of years ago, guys, where Scotland drew two each with uh, England at Hampden. Probably the last day that I actually was proud to say I was a Scotland fan. To be honest, last day I thought we'd done a decent performance. Um, you may remember that Kieran Tierney played in the left hand side of a back three that day. Yeah. I, but I, I think right. under a different manager, Ryan, I think that if you look at Steve Clark, I think he tends to go with a four. And I think that's his preferred system at the back. Managers sometimes tweak it a little bit to get your best players in. And Tierney did play as a, as a three. But I think looking at these games coming up, I'll be surprised if he changes to a back three. I think that Tierney will be in the team somewhere. I've got a funny feeling I'll be as a left centre back and a back four. I don't think all of a sudden... Because there's talk of this training camp, right? There's no point in that training camp a week prior because you're not going to get Tierney's, you're not going to get Robert. So if you want to play a back three and work on it, you would need Robertson, you would need Tierney right away up. You're not going to get them from Arsenal and Liverpool. There's no chance that'll harm. So there's no point in that. But I do not see Steve Clark, especially club football as well, and never, even when he went to Celtic Park, always played a solid four. And it doesn't seem that long ago game Ryan's talking about the 2-2 with England you know there's not a single player from that Scotland team at Hamden that day involved tonight. tonight Stuart Armstrong's in the bench he's the only one from a side that started the game against England that 2-2 game who's involved anywhere in the squad tonight yeah 
I mean, it's uh, very changed days. Uh, on you, on you come in, Ryan. Uh, I think also Kieran Tierney did play right back a few times under Gordon Strachan as well. So he did sort of swap him around. Are you saying that it, that should be his position, left hand side of a back three? I believe so. I yeah, because he's obviously a, a great footballing brain. You know, he's sticking him in a couple of guys a wee bit more broad. Me, McKenna, uh, Liam Cooper, for example. I think you know it would be a good combination there. Um, I just think a kind of three-five-two formation. I would kind of solve this with a problem at right back as well. Where I'd maybe think about Forrest over there. Obviously, he's not defensively minded, but you could keep on covering me. Obviously, Ryan Jack covers Davinier at Ibrox and stuff like that. So you could guys do that. I want to, you know, do the legwork to let the attacking players do their job. Yeah, I guess it's just uh, one for Steve Clark to try and work out between now and March. Thank you very much for your call, Ryan. Uh, we're going to take a look at our possible playoff opponent, opponents next, and we'll do that after we get the latest travel with Amber. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, the league leader for compensation. Talk to Thompson's.com. Welcome back to the show. It's Stephen Mill in for Gordon Duncan and we are focusing on the Scotland versus Kazakhstan game. It is the same team that started against Cyprus on Saturday in case you missed it a wee bit earlier on. But let's focus now on who we might be playing in the playoffs. We are definitely in the playoffs. We've got at least one home match uh, this coming March and we will play one of three teams. Israel, Romania or Bulgaria. Who do you want to start with, Roger Hanna, in terms of... You, what information would you like about each team? I've got it all here in front of me. Well, oh. we know we can beat Israel at Hamden because yes. we did it in the Nations League when we won the group. Um, we know Bulgaria are nothing to be feared. They lost six at home to England last month. Um, Romania wouldn't terrify you either. They lost five to Spain last night. So I think whatever one of the three, and I believe Hungary gets thrown into the mix as well If they don't qualify automatically tonight as well We'll be the, the fourth potential opponent None of the four would terrify you in a semi-final at Hamden The problem, if there's going to be a problem Might arise in the final Where we would play either Norway or Serbia Potentially away from home The draw for Lance on Friday to decide whether that game would be at home Or away the one-off final But let's get the semi-final out of the way first None of the potential opponents would uh, would put fear in your heart Stephen I read a tweet earlier on from uh, Pine Bovro and it was a very good start in our last 40 qualifiers at home in European Championships including mm. playoffs uh, we've only lost 7 we've won 28 and drew 5 so if we do get through it's very important that we're at home because you know we are much stronger at home than we are away yeah I think semi-final I'm with Roger a little bit um, the fact that it'll be a packed house great atmosphere um, Would you drag yourself along to that one, Gordon? Uh, depending on the weather <laughs> um, I think it'll be, you know, a, a great opportunity to get into the final If we're at home, I think we've got a great chance of qualifying It's on the road where I worry a little bit um, But th- those four that's been mentioned there At Hamden, full house, with our strongest team And great backing from the Tartan Army We certainly can get to the final And then we'll take our chances from there Let's go to the line and speak to Willie from Easter House. Uh, who do you fancy in the playoffs then? Uh, I don't know, but I see, you know, it's a right now for Romania quite easily, considering that Cluj beat Celtic 4 3 at Celtic Park. Very Cluj might fancy, Romania might fancy their chances. I see that's half the Scottish team. Maybe that's how we're not getting to the World Championship. For building ourselves up too far, then we, don't, then we fail. We fail too often. Surely we need to try and get somewhere positive. 
I think in terms of Romania, they are ranked 29th in the world. They did get beat by Spain and they got beat by Sweden at the weekend as well. Uh, they're not quite the force they used to be with Georgie Hadji and then a wee bit later on with Adrian Mutu and guys like no. that. But in terms of the teams that we might play, they're probably the best out of the yeah, lot. Yeah, listen, the centre forward last night, who's got a rather famous name, Puskas. Yes. But he plays for Reading in the Championship. So, you know, he's not one that would terrify. He's not as if we're getting in against a team with a world, you know, world class players right through the ranks. You know, we're not getting a six a be- goals and fourteen cards yeah, for Pushkins. I mean, we're not getting a Portugal or a Belgium or a, you know a Germany or a Holland or anything. We've had Holland in the playoffs before, a, a far far harder task as we found out that night in Amsterdam. But in a semi final at Hamden, I, I would genuinely be positive about our chances for that. I think we might need a favour in the draw though because Norway and Oslo or Serbia and Belgrade. I think would be a would be a tough ask in a one-off final. Certainly would be. Who do you fancy? 0141-951-1025 is the number. At Clyde SSB on Twitter as well. As we said, Romania, uh, we know are probably the best of the bunch. Of we've just said Israel, we've already beaten, mm-hmm. which is which is good. And Bulgaria, you know, they finished behind England, Kosovo, and just finished ahead of Montenegro. So again, nothing to fear from them. Really. Yeah, or, 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 or are we just being deluded here and, and should we be th- fearing these teams I, th- I think we're confident because it will be a home tie Stephen. I don't know if we'd be as confident if it was an away game because mm-hmm. you know we could we could probably lose any of the games away Yeah, let's be, let's, let's be honest about that but at home I think in March with that magnificent crowd behind Scotland roaring them on I think we have got a fantastic chance to get into the and hopefully we can get the luck of the draw and get another home game. And if we do that, we've only ourselves to blame if we don't qualify. But it, it would be great. You, you look at the finals next year. Scotland it would be England versus Scotland at Wembley, but the other two games in the group would both be at Hamden. It would be a great spectacle to have. You know, returning to a major finals for the first time in 22 years. And two of your group games are at Hamden Park. It would be terrific. And you know what? I'm not I'm not trying to get ahead of ourselves. But as we saw the last Euros with Northern Ireland getting through, Wales getting through, if we do manage to somehow scrape a win, we have a great chance of getting through to the I last tell, 16. I, I, I think if Gordon takes an hour four days off, you'll have us winning this. <laughs> well, don't, don't get too excited because I saw a projected draw earlier on if Scotland had got through... And I think the, the, there's a possibility we could be in a pot of England, Scotland, France, and Portugal. So good luck with that. Yeah, that's that's optimistic, and he's still feeling it. Slightly. So let's bring it back to the playoffs and just concentrate on them first. In terms of who we might go through against Norway and Serbia, again, that is going to be a very, very difficult tie. Even at home, those two teams are, are no marks. Yeah, they both yeah, finished yeah. third. I think Serbia just finished behind Portugal yeah, in their yeah, group. You look at the Norwegian team. You know Christopher Ayer, who we all know very well at the back. Stephen Johansson. It's the first time you've ever got his name right. Big Chris. Big Chris. Big yeah. Palamine. Well, you went for it tonight oh yes yeah, what's the big lad up front about 18-19 he's scoring all the goals he scored at Anfield when he came on the boy plays for Salzburg Alfie oh, Harland's son yeah, yeah, yeah but he, he was actually injured missed the game in Malta last night but he, he would play up front along with Josh King from Bournemouth mm. uh, they're Norway's first first choice pairing the lad Harland scored all manner of goals domestically in Austria all manner of goals in that Champions League group as well so he would be a danger Serbian danger man Alexander Mitrovic Fulham scored goals They were in A, a difficult qualification section Finished third 
uh, they would be a difficult opponent in Belgrade. Yeah, Malinkovic Savic in midfield as well, yeah. who obviously was playing for Lazio against Celtic recently. Let's go to the lines and speak to Ronnie, and he's in Carlick. What is your point to the panel, Ronnie? A point to the panel is, uh, I'd like to speak to Gordon. Are you there, Gordon? Yes, Ronnie. What can I do for you? Aye, listen, you got me a bit overconfident there with Israel, Bulgaria, and Romania. Do you know what I think? They'll be looking at us as if they say, oh, we want Scotland Day. We shouldn't go above ourselves. We've been disappointed so many times and so many occasions. You have to be careful what you're saying. It shouldn't be too Hold, hold on, Ronnie. Ronnie, calm, calm, because I'm going to explain something. Steve, Stephen's got his win in it, right? I had to bring him <laughs> back there. I said that we had a better opportunity. We would feel more confident of these games at Hamden. Now, I'm not saying that we're going to cruise through no matter what team of Romania, Israel, Bulgaria, or Hungary, or wherever it may, may be, because it will be difficult, it will be a pressure game, but I th- what I was trying to explain was, I think we've got a better, better opportunity, and I think the Tartan Army would feel more confident at Hamden, rather than being away from home. I'm not saying it's a gimme by any matter of means. Hello? Yeah, yeah, still here, Ronnie, go. Well, see the minute you're saying they get baby Spain and they get baby Sweden. Spain and Sweden are good countries, big countries that's done things in the World Cups recently and that. And these guys are named mugs. A lot of these players are playing in the Premiership. We've got maybe a handful, four or five. These are playing in major leagues. They're playing in championships and first and championships in England. That. So I don't think we should be overconfident. We should be confident, but not respect them. But yeah, I think, I, I, I think we will And obviously Ronnie uh, Obviously my voice sounds a bit different Because it was actually Roger Hanna That actually said that It wasn't Gordon Dale that said that um, You know, get beat with Spain I never mentioned anything you, like no, that no, no, Because I'm going to be quite honest with you I was too busy to notice You did, you the, the, you did, you did say Because you said you'd seen Israel twice in the Nations League And you'd seen Romania on TV last night And you knew about Bulgaria Because your great uncle lives there this is what you've got to work with. I've been working with a couple of them, Ronnie. This is what you're working with. Well, Gina got a result against the Czechs last week. He beat England there on the Czechs, so then they mugged either. Ah, the Czechs are already qualified. The foot was off the gas. Aye. Ronnie, I I think you've got a valid point. I, I, I don't think we can be overconfident. In any game, all I'm saying is we've got a better opportunity at home in front of a packed house with the atmosphere and the players that we've got, I think, can rise to that. And if we got a little bit of luck on the day, I think we've got a better chance of getting to the final. That's all I'm saying. What do you think of that, Ronnie, then? I think that's fine. But we, a lot of Scotland fans that go to uh, Hamden think that um, we've been knocked out competitions, late goals so many times. It's it comes natural as to fall at last hurdle. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, I take it you're not heading along tonight, Ronnie, no? No, no. Well, you'll be watching on the, te- watch on the telly? To be, honest with you, to be honest with you, if we do qualify, we could be the laughing stock, to be honest with you. Well, that's what I like, Ronnie. A good yeah. bit of positivity. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ronnie's it's, sitting in the house and now he's Scotland trip on, isn't he? Play it back, play it back in June when we get embarrassed. Right. Uh, Thanks for the call, guys. Okay, no, no problem, Ronnie. Yeah. You have a, a cheery night, and uh, there goes Ronnie, president of the Tartan Army. He's <laughs> he's, he's almost the uh, polar opposite from where I am. I had us oh. winning it. Ronnie's getting us. Uh, he's taking the trophy right back off you. Yeah, pretty much. Right, it's time for this. 
Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, thescottishsun.co.uk slash football. By the way, the pundits are on a heck of a run. I have had winners every single night. So since last Thursday, the pundits have won every single night. You kicked off. You kicked off though, Gordon. We'll sort that out tonight. It was Hugh Evans won on Friday. And then Alex Ray absolutely hammered Darren last night. So if you want to take part and take on either Roger Hanna or Gordon Diel, the lines are now open. 0141 951 1025 is the number. You have until the start of the news to call. That's 0141 951 1025 and we'll get the latest news next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors the form team for compensation for more than 40 years talk to thompsons.com it's Tuesday night's Super Scoreboard with me Stephen Miller I'm in for Gordon Duncan I'm joined in the studio by Gordon DL and Roger Hanna and it's time for this Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun for the best football news and opinion online thescottishsun.co.uk as I mentioned just before the break there the pundits have been on sterling form since last Thursday since I've been in for Gordon uh, all kicked off by Gordon DL and he got the ball rolling and it's been pundits winning every single night since then hopefully or maybe to stop that we can go to the lines and speak to tonight's contestant who is Scott from Carlow how are you doing Scott you alright? Hi not too bad up to anything exciting tonight just watching the game no, 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 watching my two daughters Watching your two daughters I'm sure that might be more interesting than the game anyways A wee bit, I am a celebrity uh, later on, Scott oh, I know, no, I'll watch that Yeah, <laughs> right, okay Who do you fancy taking on? Is it Roger Hanna or Gordon DL that you want to take on? Uh, Gordon DL And why is that? Because Roger Hanna's too good <laughs> hey, Hold on a minute Are we? 20, the... 20 victories I've had out of 23 That's not too bad actually That's not too bad at all Roger's had one out of one Are we still going with minus no, one no, get beat. For Roger Hanna? No, no we're not right, no, we're, no, we're no. going for minus no, one we're not. I can, I can, See if you, if you say we're not You'll hear Gordon Duncan shouting at the radio from Motherwell <laughs> <laughs> Right okay Roger you are heads And Gordon you are tails So let's find out Flip the coin it's heads So you're taking on Roger Hannah tonight Scott. Scott Okay so I'm going to put Clyde 2 Into Roger's headphones Can you hear me? No you can't That is good And Scott You have 30 seconds On the clock How are you feeling? Nervous? Uh, not too bad Right okay No problem So you have 30 seconds On the clock To answer as many questions As you can And your time starts Now Who's replaced Lauren Shankland In the Scotland squad? Jordan Jones Name one of the four teams in the Challenge Cup semi-final. Uh, Rangers Colts. What was the score the last time Scotland faced Kazakhstan? 1-0 Scotland. Which Aberdeen player has been called up to the Welsh squad? Pass. Lee Miller and David McCracken have become the interim coaching team for which Scottish club? Albert Rovers. Who was the first Scottish team Johnny Hayes played with? I'll let you know. Uh, Aberdeen. Okay, right. We will bring Roger Hanna back into the room. How are you doing? You all right? You back in the room? You can hear me? Yep, ready to go. <laughs> okay. So if Roger's on minus one, you'll get ten here. <laughs> right, okay. Honestly, Scott, he'll get you ten. You just hang by, and we'll get thirty Remember, seconds you, back on read, the clock. Read them as quick as you can, Stephen. Remember the rules. Yep. Well, well, well. I don't think that will matter. But here we go. Thirty seconds on the clock. Roger Hanna, your time starts now. Who's replaced Lauren Shankland in the Scotland squad? Eamon Brophy. Name one of the four teams in the Challenge Cup semi-final draw. Carly Thistle. 
What was the score the last time Scotland faced Kazakhstan? 3-0 Kazakhstan. Which Aberdeen player has been called up to the Wales squad? Ryan Hedges. Lee Miller and David McCracken have become entering coaching team for which Scottish club? Falker. Who was the first Scottish team that Johnny Hayes played with? Aberdeen. Oh. What year did Kenny Miller get his first Scotland cap? 2001. Which stadium does Stenhouse Muir play at? Oakleview. Which trophy did Stephen Presley win with Hearts? It was the Scottish, Scottish Cup. Cup. Ryan. Aberdeen. Ryan. Uh, sorry, not Ryan. Oh, Scott. Scott, I should say. Two Cali Thistle answers. Let's no, go no. through the answers and. I've, uh, I've been hammered. <laughs> so. You right, don't say. So Roger started on minus one and. Uh, who replaced Lauren Shanklin in the Scotland squad? It was Eamon Brophy. You passed on that one, Scott. And uh, I think it's said Jordan Jones. It's not him because if I thought it was Jordan Rhodes. Uh, Jordan Rhodes. Uh, yeah, it wasn't him. It was Eamon Brophy. You got that one right. So that's us up to nil now. Uh, then name one of the four teams in the Challenge Cup semi-final draw. You said Rangers Coast. That's correct, Scott. And you said Cali Thistle. That's also correct. So that is one apiece. Uh, question three was: What was the score last time Scotland faced Kazakhstan? Uh, you. You said one with Scotland it was 3-0 Kazakhstan and Roger you were correct so that is 2-1 to Roger uh, which Aberdeen player had been called up to the Welsh squad recently it's Ryan Hedges so that's uh, 3-1 to Roger uh, Lee Miller and David McCracken have been appointed interim coaches at Falkirk you got that one wrong Scott so it's 4-1 uh, to Roger uh, who was the first Scottish team that Johnny Hayes played with Inverness. you both said Aberdeen Inverness. it is Inverness, Inverness. And uh, yeah, you both got that one wrong, but it didn't matter. A final score, because you got the next two questions right, which were Kenny Miller. He got his first Scotland cap in 2001. Well done, Roger. An amazing mm. piece of knowledge. And Oakleview is the home stadium of Stenhouse Muir. So that, I make it a 6-1 victory to Roger Hanna. Scott, how are you feeling? Ah, no bad. I've lost this. It could have been worse. It could have mm-hmm. been worse. Phone in on Thursday, Scott. Yeah, <laughs> try again. You against uh, Mark Wilson. Yeah, that's uh, more of a match, yeah. right? Uh, have a good night, and uh, yeah, we'll speak again soon, Scott. Thanks no very much, pal. Cheers, pal. You never know. By Thursday, Daz might well have been dropped into the jungle on yeah. the on the standby list. I thought yeah. they were quite easy tonight. I've mm. got to say, how many of them did you get right? Oh yeah, I got most of them. The only one I did, hold the on. Kenny Miller one. I didn't get Kenny Miller. Yeah, that was the one. I that didn't was a get. tough one, but Roger. But the rest were easy. Well, did you get Ryan Hedges? Unless your name's Scott. Right. Yeah. <laughs> did you get Ryan Hedges? Yeah, oh, yeah. Well done. Have you ever been asked to go into the jungle or any reality TV show? We were hearing about your sitcom last week, Gordon. Yeah, yeah, it's all kicking off for me. Uh, <laughs> I'm moving div- different directions and everybody will be glad to hear that. Yeah. And they'll be spurring me on. <laughs> I thought that was just your bad hip. That's good. a funny direction when you came in. Yeah, it's a wee bit sore just now, I've got to say. Beat the Pundit will be back tomorrow night and your chance to take on either Mark Goody or Jim Duffy, who's in the studio tomorrow. Right, uh, let's move on and take a break from Scotland. We will revisit before the end of the show we'll also get the teaser up and running in the next 15 minutes or so uh, some chattering today about the new Hearts boss uh, we still don't have a replacement for Craig Levine Austin McPhee is going to be in charge at the weekend it looks like against Kilmarnock uh, the latest person to be linked is Alan Irvin and he's also been linked with the sporting director role so he's uh, you know casting his net a wee bit wide Roger Hanna you have you got any inside info on this one? Um, well I haven't been on the show for a few days so can I just check that Craig Levine's still in the payroll yeah I, I, and I assume o- o- so Austin McPhee's still in the payroll yes, yeah. yes so not a great deal has really changed at Hearts at all no they were right in saying that I'm actually doing the Hearts game at Rugby Park against Kilmarnock for Super Scoreboard on Saturday um, 
I might be wildly wrong here Don't get the impression Anne Budge is desperate to Have a new regime in charge of her football department Okay Um, They seem to be going through all manner of people From Stuart McCall and Neil McCann And uh, as you were saying Alan Irvin today Steve Cotterill last week Um, If Anne Budge wanted any of them There's no real impediment to appoint any of them None of them are in work She fancied them why are they not in the job already? Roger, do you get the feeling that Anne Budge is sort of a, playing a, a waiting game to see Austin McPhee come out and was shout nods last week when, uh, well, a week the last game yeah. they played in the Premier League, they beat St Mirren at home and he was shout nods and uh, sort of a showing himself up a little bit, you've got to say, quite rightly so, if he's interested for a job. Do you think Anne Budge is sort of a waiting in that to see the next few games yeah. Taking a bit of a risk To say well If he gets a cut of results up, up. It may be an easy option Plus the fact You know that Right If any other manager Goes in there And you're a strong manager And you're a strong leader Of a football club The first thing you do Is remove Craig Levine From Tynecastle You've got to get him out Right And it's nothing against Craig Decent block been in football all these days Played against him Terrific football player Nothing against Craig But you've got to get in there With a, a clean sweep Start your own way Of running the football club Whereas just now If Austin McPhee Can get a few results And Budge Suits her That Levine's still there Because Levine's a big Massive fan of McPhee And Austin McPhee's a big Massive and, fan of Craig could, Levine Could you rule out If that scenario unfolds Stas could you rule out between now and the end of the season A statement from Anne Budge saying The club have decided to retain the services of Craig Levine In an advisory capacity beyond the end of his contract At the end of the season I think I think he's on a contract for like They can't get rid of him they and, and I'm not having a go at Craig Levine All I'm saying is Craig's went in there Director of football Brought in Ian Cathro Absolute disaster Went into the dugout Absolute disaster He's not had the best times He should have stayed up the stairs You now can't go in there as a new manager If you've got anything about your credentials And say Oh Craig Levine's still going to be here This season, next season What's his job? He's not director of football He's now in the background Get him You've got to get him out of the club Whereas just now Austin McPhee Probably and Budge has got all the fingers crossed Got to save her a couple of quid as well all the fingers crossed McPhee gets a few results Craig Levine stays within the vicinity Of Tynecastle And everybody's happy But they're going and nowhere you, you wonder You may never know this does you? you wonder How many potential candidates Have been ruled out By Anne Budge But how many potential candidates Have ruled themselves out Of the situation Because they don't want to go in And not be able to have control Roger if you've you've been a respected manager in football Yes we understand that part of football now Sporting directors, football directors We understand that there's big parts for them to play But Craig Levine's time for a new manager I'm talking about a new manager with credentials Must leave Tynecastle You can't have that roaming the corridors of Tynecastle When you're trying to work and do things differently And Craig Levine's still in the shadows If McPhee's still there It suits both parties It probably suits everyone That's i.e. why You look at the candidates that they're interviewing And so far 
Roger who works in this industry day in day out gets more uh, you know uh, intelligent um, conversations with people you, above you've taken that too far no 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 <laughs> you, I know you're in with the bricks with a lot of people that's where I get my information Roger and at the end of the day Roger's still nowhere near knowing who's going to be the happy manager you mentioned that you know and Budge will maybe just be playing a waiting game and then, you know, it'll just all falls into place with Austin McPhee and everyone will be happy. I mm. don't think the Hearts fans will be very happy with that, to be perfectly honest with you. I think there might be more protests if that might be the case. But the, the way Naz was painting it was, if results go well. well. So, essentially, that is what supporters are interested in. Results going well, performances improving. Austin McPhee's last game in charge just scored five goals at home. He's got five goals at home every week. Austin McPhee will get the job. There's nothing surer than that. And that, that will calm any ire there was from the supporters. A lot of the the outrage from the supporters was directed towards Craig Levine. It wasn't necessarily directed towards Ann Budge or Austin McPhee or anyone else. So Craig Levine has been either temporarily or permanently removed from the firing line. I think if Austin McPhee was to continue picking up three points every Saturday, you know, continuing at Kilmarnock at the weekend, the supporters would easily be turned round. There's also some chat around today about Johnny Hayes. He is out of contract at Celtic at the end of the season. He has uh, not been in the team, you know, every single week, mm. but when he has come in, he has played very well. Is he worth a new contract at Parkhead? Um, well, I've, I've always said that ever since Johnny Hayes turned up at Celtic Park, I've always described him uh, a Celtic player and an Aberdeen strip. He was an Aberdeen player for me. But I've got to say something. Well done to Johnny Hayes. Neil Lennon got a lot of time for him, plays him in different positions. And he's never let Neil Lennon down. He's never let Celtic down. But the biggest problem for Johnny Hayes at this time of his career is he's not going to be a regular. He's, he's never going... Because Celtic in the January window, they'll keep strengthening. You look at one minute... They didn't have a position for right back. They didn't have a player for right back. Now they've got three decent right backs. Johnny Hayes will soon find himself. You look at Scott Sinclair working so hard to try and get back in. A guy who was Scottish player of the year up here, scored so many goals. His record's brilliant. Can't get near the team. Johnny Hayes is well liked by Neil Lennon. That's a big plus for him. Uh, yeah, I think, I think they would offer him a contract. But at this stage of your career where they've got there's a couple of good teams in there, it's not like it's you know, you're going down the pecking order a little bit, you know, it's not like you're going to the championship in Scotland. It's good teams that have been sort of a Stoke and, Stoke and Swansea are not, the two that not mentioned. bad moves if you're if you're going away from Celtic. He needs to play regular football. Is he going to get it at Celtic? No, he's not. Let's speak to Scott, who's given us a call on 01419511025. He's in Bar Mullock. Hey, what do you make of Johnny Hayes then? You're a Celtic fan. Would, oh, is he oh, worth another contract? Oh, I'd like to dig Gordon up in something. Gordon, right. Stoke or Swansea? Stoke are in the bottom of that league and potentially going into the League One. And Swansea will go there and work playing front of 15,000 fans. Right, Scott, Scott hold on. No, Gordon, you're going, you're going, uh, you're thinking I'm, I'm uh, belittling him with Celtic. I'm not. I am saying for him to play regular football, which he won't get at Celtic, right? Now, just listen to me, Scott, before he come back in. He will not get at Celtic Football Club. He has to go his age now in his career, play regular football. And I think Stoke and Swansea in the Championship 
are two decent clubs to go and play regular football. I'm not saying he should leave Celtic for Swansea. If Neil Lennon comes in and says to him, by the way, you're our number one left-sided player at Celtic Football Club, I'd be saying to Johnny Hayes, sign that contract right now. Because Celtic are a massive club compared to Swansea. And Stoke, my point is he's got to play. Can I cut to the chase? Uh-huh. Swansea and Stoke will pay him more. He's 32 years of age Coming 33 This will be Johnny Hayes Last That's ever PD. Professional contract mm-hmm. Johnny Hayes As we said In the quiz At the top of the hour Started his career Up here at Inverness Cali Thistle Who with all Due regard to him Aren't the biggest pairs In the world He went to Aberdeen As a Cali Thistle player And would get paid As a guy moving From Cali Thistle To Aberdeen He'll have got more money When he went from Aberdeen To Celtic he certainly won't be anywhere near the highest paid bracket yeah. of And if you had that information 17 Hayes minutes chance. ago, you'd have seven and beat the pun. Exactly. Yeah. This is Johnny Hayes chance to further his pension fund, if you like. I if totally he, agree, Roger. That's what that was my point. Years at a club like Swansea or Stoke, in all honesty, what it says about his football career is less important to Johnny Hayes, I would imagine, than ensuring his family set up for the rest of their lives, which which a deal for a Swansea or a Stoke could get them. Let's get Scott back in on this. What do you, what do you make of the panel there? I, I mean, I fair enough. If you were going to look at it as a sheer monetary thing, fair dues, you don't need Swansea. Stoke, right Stoke out, because Stoke could get in this season. Are you even want to look at Stoke at this, at this precise time? I'm sure Johnny Hayes when he want to go down and play in, the, in League One in England. Let's be honest, no matter what the money is. Um, all I would say is, we lost Michael Lusting in the summer there. Michael Lusting was a fantastic servant in Celtic. Good in the dressing room, good in the pitch. And what, what people maybe have missed is, as soon as Neil Lennon came back to Celtic, Michael Lustig was straight in the first team. Who else was straight back into the first team round about the squad? Johnny Hayes. He's one in, Neil Lennon was the same the first time round as well. He had three or four players that were his go-to guys. They would play week in, week out. No matter if they were half that, they would still play. And Johnny Hayes is now that in the squad. He's one of his trusted players. A guy who can play left side midfield, left side uh, uh, up front. He could probably play over on the right side as well. He's a versatile player. And yeah, he might not get the same money. But see, sometimes when you get to a stage in your career, I, I, I would be probably quite better if you said to Johnny Hayes, Johnny, you'll play 20 games a season. You'll be a backup player, but you'll be involved in every week. You'll be in my squad every week. Johnny Hayes would jump at that. I don't think there's any doubt that Johnny Hayes will be in the squad. Um, you know, and you're saying they're listing right back in the team, he's got three or four. Johnny Hayes probably does his best work off the bench. Um, he's not a regular in the, when everybody's fit and the big games are there. Uh, he's not a regular in the starting 11. But I, I do understand Scott's point. But what, what Roger is saying as well, yeah, there are finances to look at because of his probably his last contract. Secondly, I just think that if he's not going to be guaranteed 20-25 games, then he's got to go and play football at the end of his career. You just can't sit on the bench and and every now and again get a game. You're you're, you're at the stage of your career that, you know, careers go very quickly and you look back and you think, I wish I'd made this move and played more games. Okay, you're not guaranteed whether it's Swansea, Stoke or whatever. But I just think the fact that the carrots there that it's not like he's leaving Celtic to go to a, a championship team in Scotland or a League One team in, in England. He's going to the championship in England, which is a very, very strong league indeed. So if he's not guaranteed the games, 
then I think it's best for him to go. But I think Neil Lennon obviously likes Johnny Hayes and I think he'd be very keen to sign him up. If you have an opinion on this, the number is 0141 951 1025. Thank you, Scott and Barmolik. We'll continue this chat after this. Clyde One's Cash for Kids Mission Christmas. In partnership with Wholesale Domestic Bathrooms Hillington. Improving the future for thousands of children. So listen, Christmas should be a time for families and for celebration, but unfortunately for thousands of children across Glasgow and the West, it is just another day. We want to make Christmas a different day for these kids. Different means having money in the meter, a hot meal, or maybe even a small gift as well. And you can make this happen by supporting Clyde One's Cash for Kids Mission Christmas this year. To hear exactly what difference your money makes, just listen to this. We have two young girls who support mothers who are currently having treatment for cancer. They are the, the main carer in the family and they have younger siblings to look after as well. They're both around the age of 10. They attend play sessions which allow them just to have an hour and a half a week of being children again. They want to help, they want to look after that parent but we have to recognise the stress and the strain that that puts on a child when lots of adults would struggle to cope with something like that and it's a huge support for them just to have time to be a child again. That's Lorna from Project 31 that does fantastic work and you know we can't always make it a magical day but with your help we can make it a different day for thousands of kids across Glasgow in the West with Cash for Kids Mission Christmas with Wholesale Domestic Bathrooms Hillington and Clyde One. If you want to ensure your donation helps a child right here in Glasgow in the West this Christmas, then please help Cash for Kids. To donate the money to this year's Mission Christmas Appeal, all you need to do is head online now to ClydeOne.com. Clyde One Super Scoreboard continues next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Getting you full compensation is their goal. Talk to Thompson's.com. It's just coming up to half past seven on Tuesday night. Kickoff is uh, just around 50 minutes away at Hamden. We'll check in with Alison Conroy in the next 10 minutes. She's our reporter there tonight. And uh, it's the same team that started against Cyprus on Saturday. But we should kick off the full time teaser. And it is a good one tonight. Roger Hanna and Gordon DL in the studio with me, Stephen Mill, in for Gordon Duncan. So, Mm-hmm. Here it is, and you can get involved at Clyde SSB on Twitter, and it's a good one. So it's beginning in 2014, and not including tonight's starting lineup, oh, no. there are 12 players who have won only one cap for Scotland. Okay, <sighs> one cap wonders. So not including the starting lineup tonight. Wilson would have come in if it wasn't 2014. Yeah. Beginning in 2014 So we had to cut off Because there's there's actually quite a lot of players Who've only got one cap for Scotland So if you want to get involved It's at Clyde SSB on Twitter Any first shouts in the studio lads? Eamon Brophy Eamon Brophy is a correct answer Oh brilliant mate He will win his second cap If he comes on tonight uh, oh, Cooper's got more than one in here. <laughs> I'm hopeless of these things I mean, he's only got one so far. I thought, Roger, you'd what be right. What about uh, Chris Cadden? Chris Cadden? What a shoe, Roger Hanna. No, I don't think it's so. It's not on the list. Must have two. It's not on the list. I think, he, Mexico, I think, Mexico he, Peru, I think he played in both those games, yeah. Mm. But that's not a bad... Stevie May? ...pair of games. Stevie May has one cap. He is on the list. He is on the list. There's a programme that's the presenter says that he is on the list. It's not on the list. <laughs> I feel like I'm on telly now. 
See, this is this is a sitcom going to your head. You think you're on the telly oh, now? That's what I'm, I'm, I'm in character now. So I'll repeat that one more time in case you missed it. So beginning in 2014, and not including tonight's starting lineup, there are 12 players who have only won one cap for Scotland. Who are they? We've got Stevie May and Eamon Brophy, thanks to Roger Hanna, if you want to get involved. <laughs> it's Ackland <laughs> SSB. So we'll keep that teaser going Whoa, between that, that, that was a slap. Was. <laughs> I, I prefer Duncan. Yeah. <laughs> you need to get your you need to get your uh, get your finger out here, man. Come on. At Clyde SSB we'll do I don't Because I'm picking Gordon up on Thursday I'm fine <laughs> <laughs> uh, Any more final guesses Before we move on And chat with you about Scotland again Roger Hanna Are there a goalkeeper in there? There is a goalkeeper yeah, in there I know I can't remember his name But There is a goalkeeper Played in with Scotland once He played with Scotland once yeah. on the list. 14 2014 onwards. onwards Including 2014 I should I should oh. point out <clears throat> Plays in goals Roger Usually wears the gloves Yeah He's got Bain get more than one cap Didn't he yeah. He's got more than one cap yeah. uh, Oh Cammy Bell Incorrect oh. Not on the list So he, he's either He got one cap under Craig Levine It'll be too early It'll be too early So it's Beginning in 2014 So I'll leave that with you just now uh, We'll have a wee chat about Scotland It is the same starting lineup That starts against Cyprus uh, Starts against uh, Kazakhstan The same 11 that started against Cyprus uh, Surprised Gordon DL, are you are you thinking that it's you know you mentioned earlier on John Fleck uh, might have been a wee shout for starting in midfield because we know what Callum McGregor can do we know what Ryan Christie can do etc. Yeah, that's uh, I'm not surprised. I can see the logic behind it. Uh, give the team a, a, a good result in Cyprus and on you go again. It's at home another opportunity to see what they can do. As I said, I just look at Callum McGregor. We know he'll be. A certain pick mm-hmm. When it comes to March If that It'll be a certain pick He's played a lot of football The boy um, Why not give Someone like Fleck Who's playing very well In the Premier League With Sheffield United Why not give him The, the couple of games and, and just give Callum McGregor A little bit of rest I'm sure Neil Lennon Would appreciate it as well But McGregor just keeps Going and going and going He just seems One of these boys That plays Every single football match That comes along But I just thought if there was one choice tonight, because I, I looked at the bench, there's nobody really else in there. We know what Armstrong can do um, in the middle of the park. McBurney up front, yeah, we know what he can do. Maybe some people say he's not had a fair crack at the whip. But I just think that Fleck deserved maybe, like Ryan Jack, to get the two games. Let's go to the lines and speak to Stephen in Greenock, although he's not in Greenock just now. You're walking to Hamden, Stephen. How are you doing, Stephen? Are you all right? From Greenock. We can't hear Stephen it's a, long, it's a long walk that it's, a, it's a very He's on there. A, a very on long there, walk Unfortunately We can't hear Stephen At this moment in time And uh, we'll try and get him Back on the line But he was walking Along to Hamden I think he was going to say That you know as he, His point was It's quite negative Towards tonight's game When And you know I know What's negative Stephen? In terms of The feel around the game You were saying earlier yeah. on, and It's a cold night And all the rest of it I get I, that um, But the crowd And all the rest of it, It's not going to be A massive crowd And you know It doesn't really mean much In the grand scheme of look, things But we're only 180 minutes away From a major tournament Which is the closest We've been in quite some time Yeah as I said earlier um, I've, I, I don't feel the love For it tonight I've got to say And I said that earlier uh, I'm more interested in March Because I'm not even looking tonight thinking Right, will he like, spare him in an affirmation Because we've not got Ryan Fraser for instance um, You know, Robertson McTominay, who I think will play um, 
Tierney, who I yeah. think will play. There's maybe another one or two in there which you, you don't think, right, okay, they're not there. So he can't really experiment by saying, right, we can work on things tonight leading us into March. So I've got to, as I said earlier, just sit and listen to the lads uh, on the flight uh, coming up here today. And the enthusiasm of being at Cyprus and then coming back here, you're landing in, in Scotland, it's about minus four, they've got the kilts on, they're away to Hamden to stand there and support their country again. And that is absolutely brilliant. I really take my hat off to them. But I think that anybody going along tonight, it's just a case of hope that we get a good win, good performance, it will be a cold night, go and support the country, but everything leads up to March. Stephen is on the line and uh, you're nearly completed your walk to Handen on guessing. How are you doing tonight, Stephen? You all right? I'm all right. I've completed it while I've been on hold. I'm walking around the back of the Rangers in the West Stand right. uh, to get to the South Stand at the moment. Uh, the first, first wee quick point I wanted to make was uh, something Gordon had said earlier. Um, he said Ryan Christie's one of our best players if not the best player and I, I totally agree the first name in the team sheet at the moment he scored four goals in two games is John McGinn so that's two of your central midfield uh, kind of three of your playing a 4-5-1 formation and they also said that Callum McGregor must start and he said similar for Scott McTominay so just as a wee quick point who do the guys think out of the four of them gets dropped when we do get to March? It's, uh, it's a great headache if everybody's fit uh, you've got to say um, uh, see, be honest with you, Stephen. I, I I can't answer that because it's it's up to Stevie Clark to decide who he thinks on that day. If Gordon DL, the Scotland manager, had to choose though, uh, at you, home you, your hip would have been sore if you'd got off that fence. <laughs> no, no. At home, I would certainly play Christie because I think that he is a goal threat from that position. I think McGinn. Uh, has got to play mm-hmm. I think Callum McGregor <laughs> Would play I would play 12 <laughs> I think we've got a great does. chance of winning If Scotland win tonight and play well The five who are playing in the midfield five Are in possession for me No chance Absolutely I don't think no do, you, do you agree with that? Do you agree with that? Stephen Ryan Jack If he plays well tonight He'll keep his uh, no chance I think, I think Ryan Jack's about Fifth or sixth choice For centre midfield But I think I think what we could see is the likes of Ryan Fraser cutting his nose off despite his face because um, what I could see is, is going forward with you, your two setters is um, McGregor and McTominay, John McGinn slightly in front of them and Ryan Christie, although he's, his best position is number 10, Ryan Christie almost covering the left into the number 10, James Forrest the, the right into the number 10 that being quite a narrow 4-2-3-1. Yeah, well, well Christie's played there. In a big tight game, yeah, Chris, um, I could see that being the way it goes and it's actually Ryan Fraser. Yeah, Christie's played Chris there, Stephen, with uh, Celtic, he's played in that position. I don't think it's his best position. I'll get back to you. I think that for an important game like this, I think big decisions have got to be made because that is certainly a big decision. You look at Ryan Fraser, there's talks of a massive uh, move to Liverpool. So how how he is rated down in England? So you would imagine that he's probably a shout as well. I think I think it's a great position for Stevie Clark to be in because our midfield is really really strong. You've got to say that's probably our strongest part of the team in the middle of the park, and you've got some really really. Uh, talented players in there you three oh I tell you Stephen I wish you if I can just make another point just before I I quickly go in because you'll probably not be able to hear me when I go in Uh, it was really frustrating listening to the the, the show on the way up in the car tonight 
Um, I think it was Ronnie, the eternal optimist, was called from uh, somewhere like Carluk. Yeah. He phoned up in the last thing. He was uh, claimed to be a Scotland supporter, as uh, was, everything was uh, us and we. But the last thing on earth that man wanted to do tonight was go and watch Scotland. So that sums up everything for me, because if people don't want to come and watch Scotland, why would someone who's not made themselves available, for example, a Matt Ritchie, why would he want to bother himself to come away from his family and his, what they refer to as like their rest time when it's internationals? And I think it all is the one big problem because we've got the media. Uh, we're laughing and joking earlier on in the show, and I, and I get it's a bit of banter, but earlier on in the show it was almost that, oh, it's, uh, these guys are of valiant effort and almost they, they want their head checking for, for their loyalty. But no, this is your country and your country's playing. I don't care if Scotland's playing Kazakhstan, France, Germany, whoever. It's, I'm, I'm here to watch Scotland. But over my time, I'm only 28, but over my time coming to watch Scotland, there's definitely been a shift of people who go and watch Scotland, and it's now, oh, I like to go and watch Scotland when they're playing a big game. I mean, some of my family couldn't make it tonight, uh, just as our commitments on, had tickets for the game, but couldn't make it, and I genuinely couldn't give them tickets away. People in my work, people that I go to capital with, and, and things like that, I couldn't give tickets away to watch Scotland tonight, and... And that is a, a big, massive problem. I think part of the media to blame. Stephen, being, Steve, being there, is <laughs> what, it? What part yeah. of the media to blame that folk don't want to take tickets for Scotland and Kazakhstan? Because there is absolute negativity from the media about the Scottish national team all the time. But I think there's a right, lot I'll, of people I'll, to blame. I'll, 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 ch- I'll challenge you now. What, what part of the media tonight has been negative about the Sco- about Scotland? Yeah, I, That's I, I, the I, easiest I, I, thing in the world is for you to come on the phone and say, oh, oh the media has been negative. The media report the result. Do you want us to sing and dance when Scotland lose 3 0 in Kazakhstan and see no, what that, a terrific that, result that was, chaps? And, and, and that was justified. I completely agreed with that. I yeah. thought that Alec McLeish should have fell on his sword that very yeah. night. But, but what I mean is that the media are a part of what is in general. Another part, for example, the SFA and the SPFL. As I said, I'm a Morton supporter. On Saturday, Morton had a competitive league game at the same time as a Scotland competitive international fixture. Yeah. Now, Morton, Morton are not. I agree, I agree with that point. So that's another point in things. Obviously, you've got the fact that the team are performing really poorly. And up the country, the D United, who are going for the title, had to play without their best player. Exactly. So all of, these, all of these are points that, that go up to the, the general negativity. And I just there's, there's no cast iron weight other than winning games. But, for example, when, when Gordon Stratton was the manager at the end of the Gordon Stratton uh, regime, there was a general positivity because we were winning games. And that, that is the only way it's going to come back with Steve Clark. But my final point about negativity in, in the media, I, I completely get what you're saying, that there's not been any negativity in the media this evening. The calls have been negative. That's not, not your guys' fault. But you, you're, you're kidding me on if you think that the media are very positive about Scotland. Stephen, hurry up. The teams are coming out, mate. There's a lot of negativity about Scotland in the media. Read the columnists in my newspapers. You've got to let Stephen miss a game. David Proven and Bill Leckie. The last couple of days... Have been imploring the FA and the SPFL to get their heads together and give Steve Clark time before the playoff game. Cancel club games. Give the manager as much help as possible. That's positivity for the media. When it doesn't happen, the negativity is coming out of Hamden, not out of newspapers or radio stations. So, Stephen, thank you very much. I know you're inside the stadium now. Uh, fingers crossed for all three points for Scotland tonight. We'll hear from Alison Conroy, our reporter inside the stadium, next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. They play to win every time. Talk to Thompson's.com. Let's go straight to Hamden and speak to Alison Conroy. What's it looking like just before kickoff, Alison? The teams are out just about to get underway. A very chilly Hamden. Not a fantastic crowd, but it's 
probably around the 20,000 mark that was expected for this final Group I match as Scotland look to make it three straight wins at the end of this campaign and we are underway Stephen OK I hope you've got your portable heater on I think uh, I think producer Andy showed me a photo actually she has got her portable Peter heater Peter Heater on. it's called yeah is that what it's called yes we share that every ground we go to Peter Heater goes with us well I'm sure it'll be back out many times over the course of the winter we'll right back out Saturday, uh, we'll we will keep you updated with everything that's happening at Hamden as soon as a goal goes in we will let you know about a chance as well uh, let's go back to the full time teaser though uh, beginning in 2014 and not including tonight Starting lineup. There are 12 players who've only won one cap for Scotland. Who are they? Already got Stevie May and Eamon Brophy. Thanks to Roger Hanna. But I believe that Gordon DL might have a couple of correct answers. Hit me. Go right, for it. Right. I'm going John Fleck, just in case MD gets injured and he comes on quickly. Yes, John no? Fleck is a correct answer. Yes. And he scored in his only cap, Stuart Finlay. Hey, Dan. Is a correct answer. Ah, that's me. Well done. Well done. I think you. Mm, I don't know. What I think about, you might. I'm just thinking they're off here. You you were t- you were revealing all sorts about yourself off here, Stephen. You went to Peru to watch Scotland. I certainly did. Yeah, me and my two mates flew to Peru. Did, and, Lu- uh, did Lewis Stevenson win his only cap in uh, Peru? Roger, take a bow. I think I was one. I think there was 213 Scotland fans there, and they would have witnessed that Lewis Stevenson win his only now, cap for Scotland. Now you've got me thinking. What about Jamie Murphy? <sighs> This man is in fire. It's an incorrect answer. Not on the list. Dylan McGeoch. No. Is he? Dylan McGeoch. It's not list. a correct answer. Oh, I think he has more than one card. Team. Yeah. I think some other one. What about looking at the bench tonight? Daz mentioned John Flight. Lewis Morgan. Has he got more than one cap? He is not on the list. He must He's have more, than, more one than one cap. If you go back to the Peru game, I think there are a couple of more players from that game. What yeah. about? What year was that? Just last year 2018 yeah So a World Cup warm up match For Peru Trying to think Oh, oh Did you go with that? The, the goalie <laughs> Seriously? In Lima Aye. Was the goalie Jordan Archer? Correct The goalie you were thinking of Gordon DL I'm sure I, w- I wouldn't have got him Was Jordan Archer <laughs> I wouldn't have got him I'd been here all night So Oh I've got one Go for it Scored a famous goal for Celtic Tony what? <laughs> you're so close to the right answer Nah but that means it's a wrong answer You are right what? It is Tony what? Watt It's oh. a correct answer Correct Had ah. you gone there Well done oh. That is one there Right uh, Roger I'm finished there's, lo- there's lots of people saying Mark Wilson on Ackley no. SSB That's before 2014 about, talk, Talking about that, these just, Mark, Did Mark Reynolds play in that too? Not to my knowledge No I don't think Mark so Reynolds He's not on the list answer. He's not on the list I actually think Mark Reynolds Might have more than, more than one, one cap, cap as well Yeah are there any more on the bench tonight, Roger? What's on the, who's on there the is bench? one player who's playing tonight winning his second cap who would have qualified for this question. Declan Gallagher. Is the correct yeah. answer, yeah. yes. What about Jason Cummings? Jason Cummings is not a correct, not answer. A correct answer. So you, you have one, two, Seven. three, four to get. Four well, to I get. We five to get. Uh, make it four. Murray Davidson. Two, three, four. Is incorrect. Yeah. Apologies, you do have five to get. Five? Yeah. Barry Douglas. Is correct. God, Roger. This is quite impressive. Yeah. He's trying to think. No. Ian, no, Black, you, Ian no, Black got a cap. Ian Black did get a cap seven years ago today. Seven years ago. Oh, so, so, unfortunately, out, outside the... out with, that was 2012, he won the cap. Uh, oh, well, 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 hold on a minute then. If you're going, was that with Rangers? Right. Uh, did Barry Mackay get one then? <laughs> Look up. 
he's on fire. Barry McKay is a correct answer. You've got two to get, Ooh. by the way, I was right. So you've got two to so get. Who have I got so far? You have Stevie May, Tony Watt, Barry McKay, Lewis Stevenson, Barry Douglas, Jordan Archer, Declan Gallagher before tonight, John Fleck, Stuart Finlay, and Eamon Brophy. So you've got two to get. Oh, okay. I bet they're the hardest. Yeah. No, by the way, Mm. So Any Gordon usually tells me and me keep it from Roger. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you were trying to wind me up last week, so I'm, I'm not falling for this the substitute teacher here thing. By the way, nothing happening really at Hamden. Uh, just keeping an eye on that for you, and uh, nothing much happening in terms of what else is happening. Uh, yeah, uh, what else happening at the weekend in terms of Partick Thistle? They've got a couple of uh, they've got a big cup match at the weekend against Pennycook, a very large travelling support. 1,500 Pennycook supporters are going to be at Fur Hill on Saturday. That's a very impressive travelling support for our East of Scotland and, league and team. That, and yeah. this is when the Scottish Cup starts getting interesting. The third round, the big championship teams are in, and the draw has been good. Partick against Pennycook, Morton against Barora Rangers of the Highland League. And, and my favourite tie of all Dick Campbell Will take a broth Down to Auckland Lake Talbot Where United lost Last season I think that will be A terrific game So the Cubs Getting excited again And You know Penny Cook They already have a league scald They put Stenhouse Muir out In the last round But I think this one Might need to trade early Mm-hmm, I think they will uh, Ian McCall Obviously he won't be under Any pressure of Sorts But uh, uh, Defeat against Pennycook Won't help him very much Will it? It won't it? happen Especially at home um, What well about done. the romance of the cup? Go no, on, no, no not, not at the early stage If it was a way to Pennycook You're thinking Like a broth going to um, Auchin Lake Yeah What a tie that's going to be uh, I would hate to be the ball In that game <laughs> I really would um, But I think it'll be an absolute Great cup tie down there And you could see Auchin Lake winning that But Dick Campbell Is a very experienced manager Been all these grounds before so he'll have his players up for it as well but Pennycook coming to uh, Firhill um, Ian McCall at home party there so I just think they'll have too and much the breaking news tonight from the English Premier League Tottenham have just sacked Maurizio Pochettino no way um, really? <coughs> here's Mourinho coming just last... been confirmed in the last few seconds Pochettino is leaving Tottenham Hotspur or has left Tottenham Hotspur so Maybe if, if Dick Campbell can get that win at Auckland Lake, he might just come to <laughs> Daniel Levy's notice. No, Mourinho's in for that, is he not? I mean, that's uh, that's very... Considering he got to the Champions League final last season, I know they Champions not... League final six months, less than six months ago. Yeah, and uh, he's been binned. I know they've not been having a particularly great season, um, but yeah, that is uh, some big news. So I think if Man United might have held off in the summer, they might have appointed him. Yeah, well, there's still, uh, still plenty of time. Look, I don't feel sorry for these guys. I really don't. Um... At the end of the day, they're multi-millionaires and let me say, he will walk into another big job anyway. So it's just a different place he's going to. So I am not feeling sorry for these kind of guys. I feel sorry for the guys at lower leagues that work 24 hours for buttons and all sorts of weather, try to find training pitches, try to do their best for their small band of supporters that put the effort, the commitment and the time in. And I'm not including Mark and, Wilson. No. And on behalf of my journalistic colleagues south of the border, could they not have done this at quarter to ten this morning rather than quarter to eight tonight? Mm. Back to office for you, is it? Hey, no, no, it will be for those chaps. Yeah, I would <laughs> imagine so. So that's the breaking news that Mauricio Pochettino has been sacked as Spurs manager and it's still nil-nil at Hamden between Scotland and Kazakhstan. You were mentioning the guys in the lower leagues who are, you know, working for buttons. Is there any other manager 
aside from Dick Campbell. He he knows those divisions so well, but it will still be a tricky match down at Auchinleck on Saturday. You think he, if there's anyone who knows how to negotiate something like that, it would be him. One million percent. One million percent. I think the modern day manager um, is, you know, it's a younger type now with new ideas and different ways and different styles. Dick is not into all the sort of a video stuff. Dick's more a motivator. <laughs> Beta Max, if Dick was yeah, into video yeah, stuff. <laughs> he's, he's more a motivator. He's a man's manager. He can get to you. He can get you playing. He can get you working. Uh, I just think for a game like that, then I would be very confident Dick Campbell can go down and motivate his team to go and get a result. But let me say, Tucker Sloan down there, what a job at Auchinleck. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I've known Tucker since my days at air. A fantastic boy, works his backside off, and he's had so much success down there. He will make it very difficult you, for him. You mentioned Patrick Thistle there playing Pennycook. Yes. Stephen Saunders isn't one of the answers in the teaser, is he? Stephen Saunders is not a correct answer. Oh, we one cap, but I remember rapidly, it against the Pharaohs at Petaudry. must have been earlier than that. We're rapidly approaching the end of the show, so we need to get this full-time teaser wrapped up. Still 0-0 at Hamden. And give us clue give some clue. Right. One of them used to play with Celtic and now plays for Swindon Town. Ah, oh, Paul Cardis. He's re-signed for them today, didn't he? That is the correct answer. The other one plays for Hull City. Hull City along here Hull City oh, I don't know if he's got long hair No or... you're thinking of George Boyd Boyd yeah No, no I yeah. used to Ah oh, come on lads He's at a position You've got 55 seconds left He is oh, Left sided defender I think yeah. Or Stephen Kingsley Stephen Kingsley ah, I would never have got that right answer You did alright there Gordon I think you can hold your head up Thank right. you mate Wait till Thursday Yeah <laughs> Right that is it For Super Scoreboard For tonight uh, I will be back tomorrow night With Jim Duffy And Mark Guidi My thanks Go to Roger Hanna And also to Gordon DL as well Beat the Pundit We'll be back tomorrow night And Callum Gallagher Is up next The wee man is on and you'll be playing Lewis Capaldi's brand new single as well. You have a cracking Tuesday night, folks. Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Compensation you deserve. When there's been foul play, talk to Thompson's.com.